Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when you take a look around you at the world, often you're going to see things that stand in opposition to one another, things that are in contrast with each other. They just don't mix. But you can't have one without the other. Let's see if you can guess them. Some are easier than others. North, south. East, west. Offense, defense. Left, right. High, low. Day, night. Heads, tails. War, peace. Love, hate. Good, bad or evil. Sinner, saint. Dark, light. The idea of light and darkness is one of many themes in the Bible the one that is not often highlighted as being central to the Bible. So that is our focus on this Good Friday, in case you have not yet seen how it has been woven into this service. When you go back all the way to the beginning, the first words of God recorded in the Bible are, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. In the beginning, the separation of light and darkness helped us separate the day from the night. Fast forward all the way to the beginning of the Gospel of John, and we're going to see that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, we are no longer talking about the separation between day and night. Just over three months ago, we celebrated Christmas, where we talk about silent nights, quiet nights, dark nights. And then all of a sudden, the light bursts forth through the darkness as the angels bring the message of good news, of great joy. Or as John 1 tells us, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Jesus, of course, will make this even clearer for us, as John goes on to say. He came into the world and said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When we look at the difference between light and darkness, we will see that generally darkness represents sin and evil and death. And light relates to life and holiness and purity. Jesus was the light, the perfect light, and the people rejected that light. That's what John tells us in chapter 3. The light has come into the world, and the people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. Jesus is there, shining for all to see, and the people go and hide from the light. Why? Because the light doesn't just shine in our darkness. The light exposes whatever is in the darkness. 
And in that darkness is our sin, our terrible, evil sins. And we don't want anyone else to see them. And so we hide, or we hide our sins. We hide them from other people. We try to hide them from God. There's a phrase that dates all the way back to the 1800s that we use to describe hiding sins, evil deeds, not wanting people to find out these things that you have. Anyone know it? The term which originated in England is skeletons in the closet. The meaning has come to be about a piece of information, a secret source of shame that is hidden away due to its scandalous nature or ability to negatively impact one's reputation or future chance of success or potentially ruin one's life forever if exposed, which a person or family makes efforts to conceal. So our sin fits perfectly with skeletons in the closet. We want to live in the darkness rather than the light because there it seems safe. In the darkness, we think that we can keep our sins secret. So only you know what they are. We keep our skeletons in the closet because it's dark, it's hidden. The things that we don't want others to know about, the things hiding in the closet, they go there to die, never to be found. That's why we call them skeletons. They hide, but they don't disappear. But even that, our sin is never fully hidden. It's not hidden from God. And so if we think we're hiding it well, we're only fooling ourselves. If we don't deal with our sin, the darkness grows and grows inside of us. And so the longer we keep those skeletons in our closet, the harder it is to finally deal with them. The reality is, our sins ruin us. And it only brings death. But not just physical death. Eternal death. And that's exactly why Jesus came. To deal with our darkness. To deal with our skeletons. To deal with our sin. And the death our sins deserve. The hell we deserve. And in order for Jesus to deal with our sin and death, he had to let the darkness overtake him. And that's what we see in the Garden of Gethsemane when Judas comes to betray Jesus in the darkness of night. As Jesus says, When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Darkness is powerful. If we think about it as the absence of light, it can have a large impact. Every 18 months, somewhere in the world, the sun goes black in the middle of the day. One minute the day is bright and sunny. The next minute the sun goes dark. It's called a solar eclipse. A total eclipse lasts only about seven minutes. It's beautiful and rare. Much more rare than a total eclipse is when the sun literally fails to shine. It has happened only twice ever. The first time, the people of God were slaves in the land of Egypt. 
Their masters were cruel, so God lifted up Moses to lead his people out of their slavery and to help him make his point about hurting God's people. He came armed with a few plagues. We read of one of them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness to be felt. For three days, the land of Egypt was completely dark. The people of God who lived nearby had light, but the Egyptians were forced to live in darkness for three entire days. This was no eclipse of seven minutes. This was three days long. Through this darkness and the rest of the plagues, God was judging sin and freeing his people. When the sun rose on that first Good Friday, Jesus was in front of men who were conspiring in the darkness. All through the night, they had been harassing him, mocking him, trying to condemn him of crimes they made up. They waited until dark to arrest Jesus, and through the night, they did not leave him alone. Finally, as the sun rose, they took him to Pontius Pilate and did the darkest thing of all. They demanded that Pilate put Jesus to death on the cross. Not three hours after the sun's light flooded the land, Pilate gave the order for their dark demands. Jesus was nailed to the cross on that first Good Friday. The sun rose higher in the sky, shedding its light on all those with darkness in their hearts, and finally reached its highest point, noon. There, the brightest place from which the sun could shine, Luke tells us. It was now about the sixth hour, that's noon, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. The sun failed for three hours until the last dying breath of Jesus was breathed out. The sky was black, but this was no eclipse. This was an act of God. It was as if the sun, which was created through Jesus, was reeling at how creation had rebelled against its maker. Here God was judging just as he did in Egypt. God was judging sin. He was judging your sins and my sins, which were nailed to that cross in the body of Jesus. At Calvary, he was nailed to the cross, nailed with all of the skeletons in our closet, all our sin, all our darkness. You know what they are. Maybe you think you're the only one who knows. God knows, and he died for them too. And there on the cross, the light of the world, let the light go out from him. Let the darkness overtake him. And then he breathed his last breath, gave up his spirit, and let the light of life be consumed by the darkness of death. There, Jesus died. But in his death, there was God judging sin again. And as he did in Egypt, he was setting his people free. He was setting us free from our sins and giving us life through the death of his son. And then Jesus was put in a dark hole of a tomb and was left there to stay. Yet in the darkness of that grave, his light returned. And because of Jesus, your sins are no longer hiding. 
they're actually gone, dead, and not just buried, destroyed. Because darkness can't hide the light. Darkness can't bury the light. Darkness can't destroy the light. The tomb could not hold him. His light was too bright. Death could not hold him in. Death could not keep its dark grip on Jesus, for he is the light of the world. Today might seem dark because we focus on the death of Christ, but Sunday's coming, Easter's coming, and the light will shine again. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.